Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. I mean, my name's Dan. <laughs> we I was going to say, gonna your voice sounds awfully different, man. What, what happened? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. We're here. It's, it's Los. It's Dan. Mung is not here. When the cat's away, the mice will play. When the house is rocking, don't come knocking. This is the fun week, ladies and gentlemen. I know. I love that we get this like once a, once a season. And honestly, it's it's probably the best episode of the year. If not the century. In all realities, though, we do miss you, Mung. We hope you're having a decent time wherever, wherever in the world you are. I don't actually know. Um, hopefully he comes back. Well, you know what? I, I feel like after this, the start, everyone's going to hear it's us and then immediately shut the podcast off. That could happen. That it. certainly could happen. <laughs> in, in the statistics. He certainly has the dominating uh, Twitter and follower presence compared to me. Yeah, but right. hey, you know what? I think I'm worth a little bit too. Yeah, I guess. You know, you know you're worth maybe like a, a third round rookie draft pick. Hey, Might sometimes worth, those you know, late third first. round rookie draft picks, they come onto the team and they just thrive. You know what? Sometimes you got to get lucky. <laughs> That's right. And That's uh, right. having said lucky, do you like making prop bets? Yeah, I think so. If so, and that's a big if. Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you, offering DFS-style contests where you can pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and compete against other players on how many you get right. Each prop has a fantasy point total allocated with the over or under. The more you pick correctly, the more points you score, helping you place and win money with over $12,000 guaranteed for the Sunday contest every week. And if you use our promo code ADDICTS, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account, you will receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account, minimum $20 deposit. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. I think the uh, biggest uh, over-under this week is going to be the hottest bet is going to be how many teams, what percentage of teams are going to drop Jonathan Taylor if Jordan Wilkins out-touches him again on the ground. Oh, that's, I wonder if they do that prop. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be uh, that would be a big uh, big money maker. I mean, the problem so, uh, could be. I mean, they could have. I, I haven't checked any of these yet. But I don't even think they've been posted yet for next week. But no. I feel like a bet, a prop bet of Wilkins versus Taylor touches could exist. It certainly ought to. And of course, we're alluding to the Thursday night football countdown. I know things are getting a little unruly without Mug here. Thursday night football. Uh, did I say countdown? You Thursday night countdown. football game, which is Indianapolis <laughs> at the Tennessee Titans. Um, so yeah, uh, John, uh, Wilkins again outtouched uh, Jonathan Taylor. Whew, boy, that's been a situation. Now on the uh, passing game side of things, Tennessee has not been great against wide receivers, but Indianapolis has yet to consistently support any of their offensive players whatsoever. Uh, they were limited as we expected against Baltimore. Um, Wilkins outtouched Taylor 13 to just eight, but Taylor did get that goal line touchdown saving his day, so to speak. Uh, Taylor's a running back three in this matchup, but I would certainly try to look elsewhere for a pass catching running back for the floor at, at two, maybe a, maybe a J. Maybe McKissick, if you were shrewd enough to pick him up or something. I certainly prefer Taylor to Wilkins, but maybe I'm just being stubborn at this point. I mean, T Taylor did lose a fumble that resulted in a touchdown. And that's, it certainly that's did. And those, those were the big problems he had coming into college. That was his main question, but, yeah, but maybe there seen, should have been more questions. We've seen so many running backs get put in a doghouse because they fumbled too much, and then they just disappear into, into the... They ride Olivia. off into the fantasy sunset, never to be rostered again, pretty much. Hopefully not the case for this highly talented rookie running back. But right, and I believe, um, be. I believe they, they came out and said that they still have confidence. Like, the coaching staff still has confidence in, in Taylor, so don't go dropping Taylor. No, maybe, no, no, no Maybe way. pick up Wilkins if yeah. you own him. 
Yeah. Yes. As for the Titans, short week of prep for the Titans who get the tough Indianapolis defensive matchup. It is hard to take much from that Chicago game as the Chicago defense is even more stout and solid and opposing offenses do not really need to get all too creative with Chicago's offense, not scoring much at all. So I'm really not concerned at all about Corey Davis's uh, zero, uh, zero spot for you this day. I'd play, I'd play him here in the flex if needed. Uh, Johnny Smith is not a locked in top five tight end, but he has a good a shot as any as a uh, tight end one from week to week here and out. Yeah, maybe this is this is more of a conversation for when we talk about Chicago later. But I find it I found it actually kind of interesting that that uh, this this week uh, they did a pretty good job of of bottling up um, uh, what's Derrick Henry, but mm-hmm. they've been pretty lukewarm against the run all season. Uh, yeah. Even though their defense overall is pretty good, so I don't know. You should absolutely expect a better week out of Derrick Henry, but we could save the Chicago talk for later. Um, yeah, well, I think Chicago and Indianapolis and the Steelers are are all similar in that the way. That way, it's like they play to point. the their opponent. They, you know, if it's a if it's a tough matchup, they play up for it. If it's somebody, it's like the, they lose sight of the goal and they sort of look through their opponent to the next week. Right. You know, it's not it's not a good way to play, but it's something that you got to put in the back of your mind. Right. So for this week, I'm going to take uh, Tennessee. I think it'll be close, but I will take Tennessee at home with with Henry uh, getting a solid. I think day. I'm going to take Tennessee as well. All right. Um, unfortunately, uh, the host with the most did not submit any picks to us, so he's just going to claim every win this week, probably, and say that I got every I loss. Mean, he can ride off of mine if he really wants. Yeah, maybe I've that's what you ought to do. Everything you picked, except for a few outliers, but we can get to that when we get to that. Sure. As for the kickoff of Sunday, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern games, we'll start with Houston at the Cleveland Browns. David Johnson will likely miss this week with the concussion, uh, and Duke Johnson will fill in. But this is a tough matchup versus Cleveland on the ground. I am not expecting a big day for Houston, the Houston running back, whoever it is. Darren Fells and Jordan Aiken split way too much value for me to play here in Cleveland. Will Fuller is an upside wide receiver, too, and Cooks should be a fine flex as well. Both just dominated the Jacksonville defense, but I am not going to go ahead and chase those points too hard, expecting too much out of these guys. Yeah, I have nothing really to add to that. All right. You it up pretty As good. for the... Pardon? I think you summed it up pretty good. Well, thank you. I've been doing this for for only six years. As for the Cleveland side of the football, the Browns are back. The Browns should be a bit more healthy this week. This is a perfect spot for Nick Chubb to return if he's here and dominate on the ground. Should be a fine week for both Chubb and Hunt as running back twos, with Chubb probably easing his way in, I think. And Landry should get some solid looks too, uh, uh, solid looks here, too. I fe- I think I would start both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Chubb and Hunt in... in- and uh, probably one of them would it would be a flex. I guess it really depends on what what you have on your team, but I think they're both yep. going to have a, a pretty solid day. I I absolutely think they will. There's nothing on Houston's defense that's going to stop them on the ground, and I'm not leaning into Baker Mayfield or the backup quarterback if Mayfield does not make it back this week. Right. That said, I am taking Cleveland at home. Same. All right. Washington at the Detroit Lions. Alex Smith will fill in for the injured quarterback. I don't think it actually changes the offensive outlook much. All the quarterbacks on this roster have figured out to keep throwing the ball to Terry McLaurin, which is exactly what I would do, too. So don't worry, especially against Detroit. Uh, This should be a little better week for Antonio Gibson as a running back three with some bigger upside, especially if, if Matt Stafford this week. Washington is not going to have to lean so heavily on the pass game and J.D. McKissick to try and keep pace with Detroit, I don't think. That said, McKissick should be there for you if you need a solid eight to twelve points. Yeah, I I totally agree with you about Alex Smith coming in. In fact, I I would almost go as far to say is is Alex Smith is going to somehow raise the ch- the all, all pass catchers who are check down pass catchers are going to get mm-hmm. a small bump from Smith over um oh god what's his name I can't think of it uh. The other quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the now injured quarterback who will be out for the rest of the season. Right. Oh, yeah, because that, that's right. So Alex Smith will be there. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty much the same from him, except, you know, own own their running backs and tight ends, pass, catch, pass catchers. Right. I think Smith is the better quarterback, but coaching, rightfully so, was was very worried about uh, injuries. But I guess you have to be worried about every quarterback on the Washington I mean, to be fair, Alex Smith might be team. like one 
significant hit onto being like completely out of the I mean we we I guess you can basically say that from his last major injury but yeah yep. certainly the worry there but yeah. I think um the, the backup there is still um oh, should still on. be Haskins yeah should Dwayne still be, Haskins who was just fine with is, uh with yeah. Terry McLaurin yeah all right, we've stumbled through that one enough. Let's head on over <laughs> to the Lions. Uh, Amendola and Hawkinson, I think, are going to get a healthy dose of targets if you need floor plays at wide receiver for as long as Galladay is out. Washington is not a bad matchup on the ground, but DeAndre Swift is just a back-end running back three play. I would not really be touching Adrian Peterson or on Johnson at this point or at any point in the season. Yeah, do we do we hear any updates on, on, on Galladay yet? I feel like it's. Still... I think he's to miss this week again, uh, at the very least, and maybe potential for next week. I see. Okay. Yep. Because everyone was saying, get pick up Marvin Jones, and then all of a sudden, Danny Amendola is the one who, who showed up. Well, we've seen this a lot of times with uh, with this team. Unfortunately, Marvin Jones can go off for two touchdowns, three touchdowns, but if that's not happening, he disappears completely. Amendola is more of that Cole Beasley mold player where he will get the steady stream of targets when the top option isn't there. And that's what we saw this week. Another 10 targets for him. Right. And I don't know. It just seems like a, a mess of a situation unless you're yep. a Galladay owner or a Galladay Especially starter. if Matt Stafford misses this week. I don't think he, well, oh, did he get injured? Did I miss something? <laughs> I believe he did. Unless I uh, just had, sometimes I get these very vibrant dreams about football t- games. So maybe, uh, maybe that's on me. Besides, just not playing super well. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, he came out. I mean, he was, but they put him on COVID IR for not having COVID. Just, I guess, being in contact with someone. He tested negative. He huh. played the game. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe he didn't practice as much because he was on, on the COVID list. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe I don't have a darn clue what I'm talking about. That's also plausible. That's... He exited the Vikings against the Vikings in the fourth quarter. Yep. Late in the fourth quarter with concussion. Oh, I totally missed that. <laughs> yep. All right, so then. we'll see. Yeah. Regardless, I'm taking Detroit here. Um, yeah, I'll take Detroit too. Oh, does that change things for you? <laughs> it sort of does a little bit. Um, yeah, it does. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to stick with Washington. Or I'm sorry, I'm going to stick uh, with Detroit beating Washington. Uh, all right. Moving Just on the to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay is not going to let uh, Jake Luton do what he did. What he got? <clears throat> let him do what he did against the Houston defense. Um, he did hyper target DJ Chark though, so I would hope that continues. It's just uh, DJ Chark and James Robinson for me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the team changed at all having Jake Luton there instead of the uh, the magical mustache man. Um, yeah, if anything, right now it looked a bit better, although Minshew did, you know, have a broken hand, which... Yeah, you know. I, I, honestly, I'm going to call it a wash. I'm going to say that he just didn't, you know, it didn't... He, he came in and he did a good impression. Yep, absolutely. And on the Green Bay side of things, it's a great matchup for the Packers. Aaron Jones is back and healthy. Yeah, as always, I'm not jumping into the two Marquez Valdez scantling touchdowns, especially with Alan Lazard back soon. Aaron Rodgers has been more than disappointed in MVS for many, many uh, games on end, so I'm not letting one sway me one way or another. I agree. All right, and I think we will agree on the Packers here, yeah? Yeah, that's a pretty easy pick. Mung picks the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I heard it. Everyone else heard it. And Mung isn't here to to say otherwise, so. That's right. Pretty sure he picked them. Lock it in. All right. The (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles back off their bye against the New York football Giants. The Giants defense is not scaring anyone off, but the Eagles offense certainly is scaring me off. If you found a better option than Zach Ertz to this point, I would stick with it. If Goddard's good to go here, I'd probably roll him. Um, Same goes for the wide receivers, but I am expecting a big day for Miles Sanders. That's probably how they're going to filter this whole offense uh, if he's back. I'm just really happy that this isn't a primetime game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't yeah. really have much else to say about it besides that. Just like, I won't be yeah. forced to watch this game. Maybe I'll watch some highlights. Yeah, that's uh, just, you know, if I'm watching Red Zone, then maybe it'll show me the uh, two scoring plays. Exactly. And be, I guess I, I, guess I uh, should say Travis Fulgham, he's good to go. Uh, other than him, though, uh, nobody else. 
Yeah, I mean, well, is Sanders coming back? Because I heard that he was practicing, but then they went on their bye week. He should be back. That's what we were thinking. Um, he had the uh, three weeks off now, so so right. this ought to be his time. So yeah, so so start him. Yep. Start and Fulgham. Start Fulgham. Kind of yeah. Try not to start Ertz. I would start Hawkinson over Ertz. I would, yeah, I would, I would start any. Wait. I would start Smith over Ertz. I would start a lot of tight ends over Zach Ertz. I don't know, on the other side of the football, I would start over Ertz. He had ten targets this week. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. As for the Giants, nothing too exciting. Devontae Freeman will probably be back. But that Philly run defense is pretty decent, so I'm avoiding the running back mess this game, if possible, for the Giants. Um, Ingram has to be due for a touchdown soon. Another 10 targets. Probably have another 8 to 10 targets this game. It's got to happen. Yeah, I really do think that people are going to fall for that whole Wayne Gallman. Like, look, they're going to look at his box score, and they're going to be like, oh, like better, better pick him up. Yeah. He's had two nope. good games, and, and I, I just think it's fool's gold right now. Like you missed, if you needed a running back, you missed your shot to start him. If you're in my league, though, uh, Wayne Gallman's a great start. Spend about twenty to thirty-five percent of Fab on him. <laughs> <laughs> That'll t- oh, and uh, I will take the uh, Philadelphia Eagles coming I'm, off their bye the on the road. I know it's tough to pick these uh, NFC East games; they're all fighting for a last. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, like the, the Giants in in their past couple games that i've that that they've played that i've watched they look decent sometimes and then they can almost yeah. like pull it off but i i really think philadelphia is going to take this one yeah uh it's going to be the race to three wins right <laughs> moving on Moving on. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers and NFC South showdown. The Buccaneers have now lost to the Bears and gotten embarrassed by the Saints. Not a great look, Brady. This was just a bad game against a good defense, though. I would not be too concerned. Uh, There's way too much talent on this offense, and I think they were probably trying to do too much work in Antonio Brown in while, you know, considering a lot of things going on. Carolina's defense has way too many holes to stop Tampa Bay, I think. Look for TB12 to bounce back in a big way here he always seems to do that after embarrassing games godwin evans and browns are all going to be worth a start here to me leonard fournette has officially surpassed ronald jones in the backfield due to his pass game usage uh but both are startable in the flex here most surprising to me this week was gronk's last lack of production against the saints who are typically very very generous to tight ends again i'm not making too much of it it's just one week one interesting thing that i noticed and this could be in tampa bay's defense is that I was looking at uh, just defenses in general and in, in looking for, um, at least for next week, looking for low ownership that had maybe a good matchup. And, sure. I, and, I, and I brought up New Orleans, and New Orleans has, in fantasy, two uh, double-digit defense points uh, this year, and both of them came mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. They'd, they just have wow. Tampa Bay's number. Like yeah. they actually have not been a very good fantasy defense for most of the year outside right. of playing Tampa Bay. So I, huh. I don't know, just something interesting to note. And, and I was looking around Twitter, looking around Reddit, and, and, and you could see some people that are, are, are trying to say that, that Jameis Winston brought the playbook over. And that's why, you know, uh, the, the Saints sort of kind of know what's going on. You know, that could well be. I would not put that past Sean Payton. Right. Um, Jameis Winston, at the very least, he, he did own the playbook. I mean, that that's something I can say for him. So there you I, go. I mean, I, I watched that. Honestly, like like halfway through that game, uh, all I can think of was when it hit halftime was, was that Simpsons meme where they're just like, no, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> you, you know, like it's it's it was that and, and, and that. It, just doesn't happen against two good teams like it just seems almost and i'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist here but Duh. i mean I we will we'll probably get a round three in the playoffs and we know in in the nfl it's very difficult to beat a team three times right but i that was such Sorry. a hand like they just won that so handily it's just it's ridiculous they certainly did. It was uh, it was not an exciting Sunday night football game. I have to say, I uh, I did not. It did not have my full attention. I can't <laughs> lie about that. Sorry, Tom. The first half had my full attention. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. That was fun when they just were just was... beating the crap out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. As for the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey had a great return. Welcome back, bud. Oh, 
Well, welcome back to the bench, bud. You're going to miss a couple weeks now with your shoulder. Uh, hopefully, you guys did not drop Mike Davis immediately. He's a back-end running back, two against the Buccaneers' tough uh, running defense, but he gets plenty of pass game work with, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. DJ Moore really took a back seat this week, and he might see tough coverage against Carlton Davis if they identify him as the guy to cover, but they might send him up against Robbie Anderson if that's the case. DJ Moore might emerge again. Uh, someone's going to have to produce this week. Anderson is a middling wide receiver, too, for me, and Samuel, who has steadily improved the past few, uh, last few weeks, and DJ Moore are wide receiver three-type flex plays for me. So I I didn't add uh, Mike Davis to, to our... Um our waiver wire pickup section because he is still 73% owned in Yahoo. Oh, good. So good. I'm going to good. assume Smart. that if you had picked him up, you probably still have him, but yeah, who knows? Yep. Smart move. Hopefully some of you guys own Christian McCaffrey. So you're not going to see too much of a uh, decline, but the team certainly saw they, they uh, gave Davis a couple plays in there like, ah, nah. Christian McCaffrey really is this darn good. So, uh, so let's keep him in there. Hopefully we can, uh, football is better when Christian McCaffrey is on the field for Carolina Panthers. So hopefully he, we, we see a speedy recovery. Agreed. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, pick up uh, to avenge that loss this week. I'll take the Bucks too, and, and I will say if McCaffrey were to play, I might rethink that. But uh, it'd it be close. It doesn't seem like he's going to. It could be close. Yep. No, I don't think he's here this week. Uh, kicking off these Sunday afternoon games: Denver at the Las Vegas. Raiders. Drew Locke had a solid day after falling behind early, and similar production may come here versus the Raiders. Jerry Judy had 14 targets, Tim Patrick's 9, and KJ Hamler's 10. Patrick and Judy should be solid flex plays here, while Fant is a back-end tight end one this week if he can play. He's another one that left the game in the fourth quarter that hopefully will make his way back to the field uh, for this Sunday. This should be a better day for Melvin Gordon here as well. I don't expect Denver to fall behind as quickly and have to have them uh, play as much catch-up, but but there should be plenty of offense on both sides of the football here. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. All right. As for Denver, they are, uh, as for the Raiders, Denver is tough against the run. Jacobs gets enough touches as a solid running back too. And the game should be close enough in Denver for him to stay on the field. Uh, there could be some deep connection with rugs or Aguilar going on here, but I just don't know how much it's going to be needed this game for Derek Carr. Well, I, I guess you say that Jacobs gets enough touches to be a solid running back, too. Uh, he seems a little bit injured. Is it just me? <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, he's he's a tough runner. He's getting a lot of looks. He could be a tad banged up. I don't see Gruden pulling him off the field for that, but he will limit his work. We've seen uh, Devontae Booker doing quite well. He, he don't let the stats fool you with the touchdown and everything. It was a very long touchdown. Yes, it was early in the game. It wasn't in mop up time or anything like that. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that Justin uh, or Jason, Jason Jacobs. No. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> JJ. Let's call him JJ. Josh Jacobs is not going to get every single down of work in the start, middle, or end of the game. But he is going to, by and large, lead the committee as long as they they are staying either in the lead or relatively close to uh, having the lead. Because the, otherwise, Jalen Richard and the other guys might get in on the passing work. Well, I guess I, guess I bring it up mostly because Booker, as a former you know, Denver Bronco, uh, is a revenge game a thing? Uh -oh. Like, is, is uh -oh. that maybe? maybe I, I'm not saying maybe he's a DFS grab. You know, like, yeah, I, a high variance situation. I think that makes sense. He's going to cost you absolutely nothing. You've seen he's going to get touches in what's a good offense, so that could be a play for you. It might be. Yep. So I'm going to take the Raiders here at home. I'm going to take Denver. All right. I, All I, right. Have, I, I have absolutely no reason behind that. I just, I just feel this one for some reason. All right. All right. Maybe you have an affinity for Drew Locke and company. I get it. On to the next week. The L.A. Chargers at the Miami Dolphins. Justin Herbert continues to roll and make Keenan Allen into a stud again. I expect Xavier Howard actually to take Mike Williams on the outside here, which should allow plenty of targets for Allen again. Justin Jackson was hurt on the first play of the game, and Pope was hurt going into the game, which opened the door here for Kalen Balazs to get the 15 carries and the touchdowns. I'm just, somebody else, I'm just hoping somebody else chases that and pays up big for Kalen Balazs in my leagues because it's not going to be me. I'm not saying he's not worth the own, but he's 
I, I don't see him hyper producing here versus Miami. If you're in a pinch, then go for him, though. Uh, we're going to see how the injury picture shakes out, though. It's, it's a little early to call it. Hunter Henry continues as a solid but uninspiring tight end one, and this offense continues to roll despite uh, not winning games. Well, you wrapped it up pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. I do my best. As for the Miami side of the football, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams have held solid value so far, as a matter of fact. I would start Parker here as a low-end wide receiver, too, and I'd start Preston Williams as a flex in a pinch here. I think there's a little bit of upside. Tua is looking like an NFL quarterback, and the Chargers' defense is not currently very scary. Mike Kosicki has all but disappeared so far in big spots. I'm going to wait and see him get some consistency before putting him out there again. There's a few better options than Mike Kosicki right now. And the running backs were nothing notable last week with Miles Gaskin out. It should stay that way with Gaskin out another week. I wish him a speedy return as well. Yeah, this this Miami team, I think, has surprised everybody. Like mm-hmm. they, they have some nice young pieces on their offense, and, and their defense is way better than I think anyone expected. Yep. Uh, they have a nice, They've done a they good nice job future. building. They, they didn't tank. All the way to, to you know, no lot, no wins for for Tua, but they still got him because of uh, what happened with Tua at the end of his uh, college career, heading right. into the draft. So good for them. They uh, built up some solid draft uh, pieces. Draft had well. Added Preston picks. Williams as a undrafted guy. Sorry, what was that? They had about six billion picks. Yes, exactly. And hey, that's the way to do it. You know, draft some strong, young, healthy, awesome guys. And wow, where am I going with this? <laughs> I guess I guess where you're going is maybe you should make your pick for the week. Yes. I am going to pick the Miami Dolphins. I am going to pick the LA Chargers. Oh, I thought you were going to pick the Rams. Good choice. Good choice. I was going to pick the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, it could have been the Clippers. Yes. <laughs> Yes. As for the next game, which is Buffalo at the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Allen added four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing against Seattle, and should keep strong in Arizona as a quarterback one. This could be a limited week for Diggs against Patrick Peterson, though, while Brown and Beasley should hold some flex value still. I'm selling Zach Moss if possible, and I'm not starting or rostering Devin Singletary. I I have a lot less belief in him than I know Mung does and that a lot of analysts out there do, I think. But I, I, I just think Singletary's a roster clogger. Let him go on somebody else's team and put up four points. I absolutely agree with that. I think, if anything, this past week was sort of like the, like the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss, and I think I, I, I've had this in this will be in our waiver wire pickup because for some reason Moss still is under owned. Uh, he, he, he was out touching Singletary and I think that's just going to, that trend is going to keep going as the year goes on. Yeah. Certainly ought to change. Uh, certainly ought to flip in terms of his rostered percentage ship. Uh, hopefully this week, or hopefully not if you want somebody standing on the waiver wire for you uh, into the playoffs. As for the Arizona side of football, Buffalo is a tough defense, but Arizona is a high-octane offense. Hopkins is going to look to call a mulligan on last week and will return to wide receiver one play here. Edmonds has this backfield locked up, 25 carries this last week, and stays in the high-end running back two conversation. Christian Kirk has been very solid when defenses focus on Hopkins, as Miami did last week, and Buffalo may try to do that again this week so so you say that that arizona is a high octane offense is buffalo a high octane offense against seattle they certainly were and <laughs> against arizona i think they will be too because uh, so against again they you know they're playing well against uh against tough defenses and playing really well against middling and bad defenses and that's what we saw last week i think i think buffalo's going to put up a lot of points here i agree i think buffalo is going to win this I do too. I think uh, I think they are not favored, but uh, I do think that Buffalo is going to win here on the road. Not favored? That's insane. Really? After last Mm. week? Let's see. The last line I saw was Arizona minus one and a half. Oh, one and a half is basically nothing. Yeah, I see that one and a half. It's still a loss. Yeah. That line's yeah. going to move as the week goes on. I promise you that. Yeah, it will. It will, certainly. All right. On to the next game, Seattle at the L.A. Rams. 
this could be a tough pull for DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey, but I'm not sitting him. Uh, just tempering some expectations and not being surprised if this is a three-touchdown week for Tyler Lockett. Uh, Russell Wilson has done a great job of finding the open man this year. And if Carson's healthy, he's a full go for me. DJ Dallas is solid but uninspiring. We saw Travis Homer have a good share of the running back work this week, whereas in Dallas's first start, he was successful because Homer was injured and did not play. So I don't feel Dallas has weak-winning upside whatsoever if Carson's out. I think I think if Carson can't go here, we see a, a significant timeshare. Oh, I absolutely agree. Like, if you have to start one of them, probably, oh, God, I don't even know. Probably Dallas, he seemed a little bit more efficient. Yeah. But it, it just don't, but don't play either of them. It's certainly close, and there's always the wild card that Frank Gore, uh, or Scott, sorry, Whoa, Frank Gore I turned them into the same person. And, and starts. <laughs> Carlos Hyde may find his way in. That's fair. I also think that, it, I mean, we, we were talking about this before we started to, but I think DK Metcalf, it, it, he is as close as you can get to matchup proof. Yeah, he's really, really good. Uh, he should have went so much higher in our dynasty draft than he did. That he went fifth? Yeah, he should have went second or something. Well, you know what? Maybe ask someone who might have had a pick before me. Yeah, like me. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm the Rams side of the football. There's plenty of upside offensively here, mostly for the wide receivers, Cup and Woods. We just don't know who the running backs are going to be here yet. If Henderson's healthy, he's got to be the top play out of the running backs. I'm not starting Acres just yet. Haven't seen anything out of him. Brown, eh, I'm not loving playing him. So it's really Henderson. Cup has not been. Or, uh, Cup has not been. Uh, no, sorry. Goff has not been good enough to roll the dice on stream us uh, the streaming start here despite the matchup his ownership uh, rostered ship is probably quite low i don't think that's a word uh but but against seattle you like to find those guys but um i'm, I'm just not doing it with jared goff i'm actually looking what is percent he's he and yahoo because i have it up in front of me he's 63 percent rostered which is honestly higher than i more than thought. i would have guessed um interesting yeah. But you know what? He has, he's, he's, you know, he's taken his team to a Super Bowl before, so I guess that, that's got to be something. That's a really, really great point. That's the, but, that's uh, the argument that uh, but, Eli Manning always made. Nick so, Foles perfect. has also <laughs> been to the playoffs a few All times. All right, I'm going to take Seattle. No more jokes here. <laughs> I'm taking Seattle, of course. I like Seattle All right. this year. And Mung takes the Rams. San Francisco at New Orleans. <laughs> I, you Hopefully know what? I kind of hope that the Rams win because you said that. Just so Mung gets one <laughs> more point. How funny would that be? You'd be happy about that. All right. Hopefully you did. San Fran at New Orleans. Hopefully you did not start to Michael Hasty like I did in two leagues and Mung did in our league. Oh, well. New Orleans is a tough rushing defense. I'm avoiding all the Niners running backs here personally. And then Richie James came in and saw 13 targets. Uh, the B team connection, I think, is what happened with Nick Mullins here, but I'm not buying in on it with Brandon Ayuk probably back this week. Ayuk's a uh, wide receiver three. He should certainly lead the team here. New Orleans, despite uh, shutting out the Gronkowski, the Gronk, Rod Gronkowski last week, um, they're usually a pretty good matchup for tight ends. But the question is, Ross Dwelly or Jordan Reed? I lean Reed if he's healthy and back. I would lean Reed as well. I think, you know... He, you've seen what he can do. He, he, mm -hmm. he has more of, I guess, a resume than Dwelly does. Absolutely. I do want to take a point though with 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 Richie James. How you said you, you don't believe in him. He sure. is most likely to join a long list of these, you know, practice squad caliber players that come up for one game, have a huge game, and then just disappear forever. Like yeah. every single year, there's at least one of these guys. Don't fall for this one. Yeah, although. I thought Travis Fulgham was going to be that guy too. But there's the different. The difference there is they have so many injuries that they have to play him. Like he, True. I don't think Richie James. He might play the next game, but after that, you know. Yeah, he's, he's probably, he probably does not see uh, many more more games uh, on the active roster. So uh, to put it bluntly. Well, I will say though that that and we'll talk about this later. But Kendrick Bourne, he he was on the COVID list and he was taken off the COVID list and now he's back on the COVID list. So I don't know what that looks like with their wide receiver room again. Cause that's the reason yeah. why last week that they all got, you know, shipped off to, to, to go take tests and not play the game. Like, yep. does he infect the room again? Cause he was negative again. Like who, like, was he back with these guys? We don't know. I, I guess we'll right. Where is this coming from? And can it be found? Right. 
regardless, the New Orleans Saints, I'm not starting against the Saints. I'm not, I'm not rolling the dice there. Right. That's uh, agreed. <laughs> Sorry yep. that we went on such like, a pointless tangent, I guess. <laughs> yep. Hey, that's okay. There's a lot of those. And the Saints answered a lot of questions in the NFC South this week, handling the Buccaneers with ease Sunday night, to say the least. They're going to keep rolling here, I think. They're going to lean more heavily on Michael Thomas. Thomas is back. Kamara is a running back one. Sanders is a solid flex play. And Cook is as good as any back end tight end one that I can find. Yep. I will take the Saints here at home. I will also take the Saints at home against a very, very injured San Francisco team. Mung takes the Niners. Cincinnati <laughs> at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati got the rest of the week here and coming to Pittsburgh for the tough matchup. The Steelers are going to play like they have something to prove after just narrowly beating the hapless Cowboys. But Burrow and company should make this a fun game, I think. Look for Mixon as a back-end running back one. And Boyd and Tate as startable upside assets. I think even A.J. Green is playable here, too. But his ceiling is certainly the lowest, in my opinion. I, I, I'll, you know, I'll save it for Pittsburgh. I don't have anything to say about Cincinnati right now. <laughs> All right. As for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did their darndest to keep Dallas in the game just for ratings. I think they might try to do the same with Cincinnati here. The Cincy defense will not be standing up to this offense in any way. And plenty of points should be going around for all three of the wide receivers, as well as Eric Ebron. If, uh, if, Connor is to miss time here. I think Snell gets the bump, but even more so the, the wide receivers will, including Chase Claypool, who has shown that he has the ability to run the ball plenty of times now. Let me ask you why. Why do you think Snell gets the bump? Because McFarland out, out touched him in this past I game. thought they had an equal number of carries. No, no, no. It was, hang on. I think it was like 12 and 8. Hmm. But let me double check those numbers because I'm pretty sure I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm pretty sure I want this is one of the games that we actually got here that I was able to watch like, you know, <laughs> actually, actually got <laughs> well, yeah. instead of it being like a red zone, you know, like, like, right. Um, so I see that they were equal in carries and that McFarlane got two targets maybe and that Benny that Snell got zero targets because that's just not his game. Um, but I don't think the targets are going to filter to the running back here. I think there's no reason to force that when you've got three superstar talent wide receivers out there and minimal coverage coming from the Bengals. All right. Yeah, you're right. They did have the same amount of carries. What I did see was that he got the, the, he had more touches effectively. Mm -hmm. I think he was Fair in the enough. field for more plays too, but I really should have worked on these. When it comes to those sort of things, I usually just lean the veteran because that's typically what these coaches do. No, you're, you're, you're totally right. Yep. All right. I'm going to take uh, Pittsburgh here. I am too. All right, but it may be closer than people expect. Sunday night football, Baltimore at New England. Uh, the Ravens are spreading their offense around a little too much for my liking. Gus Edwards is getting the most consistent production, I think, but Dobbins should continue to have more of the passing role. Mark Andrews has had some down weeks, but this could be a two-touchdown week for him, and I'm done calling my shot on Marquise Brown for now. Sit him this week if you have better upside plays. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And as for the Patriots side of the football, currently down 10 to 20 at halftime against the Jets. Against Not entirely certain what to say about that. <laughs> against the New York football Jets. Wow. This team is a mess, this Patriots team. <sighs> this is really ugly. Certainly expected a little more out of Belichick, but, you know, he may be the smartest guy at the end of the day. He is. Oh, my goodness. Is he trying to tank. They have not played the Jets yet here. No. Do you think Belichick could be trying to tank for like to force the Jets into a higher pick here? Oh man. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. So you're thinking of like see when I said tank beginning, I mean just tank the year so that they end up getting, you know, a better, a better yeah. pick. But you're saying that they're gonna tank to the Jets so that the jet that screws the jets pick over i didn't even that is a a 40 chess level that that i would not it would not I surprise mean, if me it if comes this to, if the patriots win no more games this year then that means the jets will beat the patriots twice which will give the patriots a worse record than the jets with the tiebreaker oh man <laughs> <laughs> I, 
love that this is we have gone off the rails this is like the second or third conspiracy theory that we've we've brought up that That's i okay. actually believe <laughs> i mean this is nuts but i mean the only reason i think through these things is because belichick has been the in the nfl long enough he's paid attention to things long enough he's watched he, you know exactly what he watched the feud between them and the colts is so storied so guttural so visceral he watched the colts have that very down year and be able to go straight from peyton manning have a down year and go into andrew luck now granted that's not working for the colts right now with andrew luck retiring but i bet he he'd love to have that exact same thing go this way like what i i mean why else would he have been convincing guys on his own defense to go onto the COVID reserve this Man, year and forego the season. We were saying, I, I think I was telling you this when, in, and we were doing the preseason episodes before. Like, I mean, I wasn't on them, but when we talked beforehand, right, I brought course. that up being like, I know, I know Belichick is, is trying to pull some nonsense with this COVID list that he's going, the second that any one of his players has any kind of just sign of potential COVID, he's like, leave so we can tank. Yeah, I firmly believe that. I see it. I see it. I was going to say that Damon Harris, I mean, (laughs) Damon Harris does have the most carries, but do I want them? I don't want them against Baltimore. Let somebody else start that. Yeah, that's fine. I I agree with you. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to start him. I don't want to, I don't want to really start anyone on New England unless I. No, I don't. Even Cam Newton, he's got the touchdown, but he has two carries for four yards. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. Against the Jets. (laughs) Against the Jets. No, thank you. As for, uh. Oh wait, that, they're the home team. So I already went. I already said as for. So I'm going to take the Ravens if, uh, as if that's a surprise. I'm. Do I even have to pick? <laughs> no, you don't. But Team Mung Baltimore. does pick the Patriots. He's a big Patriots oh, fan. Oh, he's the biggest Patriots fan. He must yep. take them. Yep. Of course. Well, I mean, he's not a Patriots fan anymore. Now he's a Buccaneers fan. But we don't talk about that. Yeah, that's true. He's been pretty quiet about the Patriots. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, Monday night funny. football. Uh, I'm waiting all week for Monday night, Minnesota at Chicago. This is going to have the highest viewership of any Monday night football game that I'm playing. Wow. What is it with Monday night football Patriots jets? And now we get, I guess the bears do have a winning record. In Chicago, it's, it's easy to be a, such a self-hating self-deprecating football fan, isn't it? It is, but this is going to be a better game than, than, than the one that we have tonight. It's certainly ought to be because the teams are are better. They're better teams. That's true. That's true. For the Minnesota side of the football, this could be a tough week for Minnesota, certainly more so than the game versus Detroit. I would not start Kirk Cousins here, and I would uh, lower my expectations for both Justin Jefferson to wide receiver three and for Adam Thielen, but I'm not benching Adam Thielen, certainly not. Cook is a running back one, of course. He's on fire, uh, 500 yards the past two weeks, just looking like a total stud. I totally agree. Uh, I wouldn't start anybody but Cook. Like I wrote this in our in our thing, just as kind of like a joke. But let Russ cook? No way. Let Cook cook. That makes way more <laughs> you sense. You know, that's that makes a heck of a lot more sense. Let let Cook cook. Keep on cooking. <laughs> As for Chicago, uh, this is a better matchup for the Bears this week. There's potential for some points here for the offense, but I just don't trust Nick Foles and his propensity to play absolutely terribly for three and a half quarters and then decide to throw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It gives me a heart attack. It gives me coronary spasms. It gives me epilepsy, and oh, I don't man. want to tie my fantasy team to that. Uh, it's it's Allen Robinson for me only with, uh, with Montgomery probably missing this week because i also don't trust ryan Nall. yeah no, let me ask you this and, and, and we're gonna get a little deeper because we're we're bears fans here but sure. do you not trust Foles or do you not trust Nagy? both okay i just both. think that they, i mean we, we've seen what Foles can do he's hot and cold unfortunately he's been mostly cold mm-hmm. there's not much hot to go around and i think that's just on Nagy, and, and he just needs to be better the play calling stinks, but the play calling works in the fourth quarter against prevent defenses and Foles works in the fourth quarter against prevent defenses. Right. And that's why it's been, you know, when they beat Atlanta, they beat the prevent defense in the fourth quarter to score three touchdowns. Um, just like, you know, uh, this past week, which they lost, but they did, they had zero points and then uh, Foles, you know, led them to, to two in the, uh, in the fourth. It, it's just not, it's just not, it's not something you want to tie your fantasy lives to. 
too. Like it's okay. It's okay to watch, you know, superstar players have nothing for two quarters and then go, okay, yeah, they're going to be fine. It's a total other thing to, to have bears on the field and then go, Oh yeah, I'm going to feel great. Come around end of game time. No, you're, you're not going to feel good about it. You're not going to look at yourself in the mirror and be happy with your decisions. So just don't do them. Right. And it's really unfortunate too, because this, this bears defense is extremely, extremely good. And unfortunately, they're not getting any, like, even in fantasy, if your offense is bad, I mean, and most people know this, if your offense is bad, your defense is going to get tired and they're not going to be able to play well for the rest of the game. And in fantasy, obviously, that means fewer fantasy points. But yep. if their offense was just semi-competent, like this Bears defense could easily have been a top five fantasy defense this year. Yeah, sounds like you're describing the Bears of three years ago and in 06. Yeah, right. And in 10, 2010 with Cutler. Well, the Bears, yep. the, but the thing is, though, you say if I'm describing the Bears of three years ago, the fantasy defense was actually producing. Yep. This Unfortunately, yep. they can't. Like, they can... They just can't. There's... Well, there. the reason the defense isn't producing is because Tillman isn't out there ripping uh, fumbles out of everyone's hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mung is going to be so mad. We're yeah. so far off the rails. We're talking about games from six years ago. I'm going to, I'm actually, despite all this, I'm actually going to pick Chicago at home against cousins because of the defense. And it's Monday night for Kirk cousins and nobody's a bigger cousins fan than I am. But I also know what that means in prime time. <laughs> I love that you said that. Cause that's my exact reason for picking Chicago as well. It's I don't <laughs> want to trust Kirk cousins on Monday night. <laughs> oh boy. So that'll bring us uh, into the four teams that are on by not a ton to mention about them, Atlanta. So uh, find a replacement for Matt Ryan, Gurley, uh, Brian Hill, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, Another week shows us that Julio is the key to Matt Ryan's heart and the key to this offense producing. Um, if Julian's in the lineup, uh, Hayden Hurst is a great play. Dallas with uh, Andy Dalton or Garrett Gilbert, Zeke, Tony Pollard, Mari Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, Dalton Schultz. Uh, they, they need some time off to think about what they did uh, in Pittsburgh. Kansas City, we all know who's in Kansas City. You're going to have to find some sort of a replacement for Travis Kelsey. Good luck to you. And the Jets, well... I guess they're maybe going to get a week or two to cherish, uh, at least cherish being up 10 points to the Patriots at halftime. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this game, but um, maybe maybe that's what they're going to get to do. Uh, of course, find replacements if you're starting any of these guys, which I doubt. Darnold, Gore, LaMichael Perrine, Jameson Crowder, Denzel Mibbs, Brishad Perriman, and, and or Chris Herndon. Before we move on, and, and because they don't play next week, uh, Kansas City... If yep. you own Le'Veon Bell, what are you doing? You know, I, I do have him on, on uh, one of my rosters. You know, it, it really stinks. I think I might have to drop him here, and I'm not all too concerned about it, honestly. I'm saying way too much of the uh, the uh, the other backup running backs on the field for me to be all too concerned about missing out on the upside Le'Veon Bell is bringing. I'm not seeing the the upside Love Bell was supposed to bring to this team. I'm not really seeing the upside in any of the running back situation on this team. I'm worried about Clyde Edwards there. I think Bell is on the... If, I'm not saying I'll right drop say, though, him, but if you need the roster before, spot, he's a drop. Before you finish here, though, just keep in mind that Tyreek Hill had 18 targets. That was crazy. So, yeah. so, so, are you weighing that in, into saying that you're thinking that Le'Veon? He's do you? So, you think he's droppable? You're not going to give him, you know, maybe maybe it was kind of a fluky. He's not quite ready for the offense or something. So, and everyone has to. It was absolutely fluky. You're not wrong about that. Um, but even more than that, I I, I want to know why Daryl Williams is seeing the field so much. Well, I guess my my the only thing I can say is, is maybe he wasn't quite. 100% ready with the playbook or, or ready to, to contribute full or what, what you would consider is a full-time load for, yeah. for, for a split backfield. I think, I think I'm going to end up not dropping him just because I'm scared of an opponent getting something tremendous out of him in this offense. I, I mean, I, I really wish I never picked him up because I, I feel handcuffed. I really do. Right. So, so you're basically saying that like, if you absolutely 100% had to drop somebody to, to fill, you know, so, uh, to have like a more, let, let's say like you wanted to pick up a handcuff of someone else that you have that, that, uh, 
just went down with an injury or something. You would yeah. potentially drop him for for that handcuff, but you're probably going to just hang on to him because right or to make yeah or make a, a, another example if you need a quarterback, uh, it, you know, or if you're need um <clears throat> wow, if I could talk it'd be even better, wouldn't it? Uh for example, if uh, if Mahomes is your quarterback, Kelsey's your your tight end, something like that, or heck, this happens often. If you have a Mahomes Kelsey stack, you may not have roster room to uh, to I mean you certainly don't want to drop that quarterback or tight end you probably weren't rostering a second quarterback or tight end so if you need to because you won't have anybody going this week otherwise absolutely Bell's the guy to drop okay interesting I I can't say that I I entirely disagree with that yeah I don't like it I don't like it one bit you won't try to trade him <laughs> no one's gonna buy yeah. him <laughs> yeah that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> All right, moving on. Injuries. Moving on. Injuries. Injury. So we got some people on 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 the COVID list that are we do fantasy relevant. Interesting. Yeah. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks since we've had that. I think right. Or maybe well, Ayuk this past week was uh, was well, you a big know one. what that happened though after we had recorded. That's true. That's true. Uh, so this week we have Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, and Kendrick Bourne, and I. Did I miss anybody? I don't think No, I did. actually that's all I saw as well. Uh we wish them a speedy recovery. Don't cough on anyone, guys. Yeah, don't do that. That's just you know it's bad form. Yep, bad form, bad form. That'll take us into our quarterbacks uh section of the you, injury you wanna, list. You wanna start or yeah, yeah, I'll get it going. Okay. So that that kicks us off with Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers with that high ankle sprain. He remains on the IR. San Fran appears to have rushed Garoppolo back a bit too early. He had to leave that Miami game and now the Seattle game after aggravating his ankle injury. The report earlier was that he was going to be out, quote, indefinitely. Hmm. Not good. He doesn't need to be rostered in standard one quarterback leagues. Andy Dalton with the concussion and being on the COVID list. Players advance for the concussion protocol at their own pace, but generally two weeks is enough time. Uh, he's on a bye this week, so don't keep an eye too close on it. Baker Mayfield on the COVID list. He did not test positive, but he was in contact with someone who had tested positive. So keep an eye on his status this week. Um, I, I feel like the league keeps changing the rules up on this thing for different teams. I don't know. So, so really ju- just know he, he's probably just on like Wednesday, not going to be on the list, but keep an eye on it. Yeah. Especially Gardner since Minshew. he didn't have, he Pardon? didn't test positive. I think that's what, that's why you, you think that the rules are inconsistent. I think oh, it, the, the rules are consistent. He was not positive. Yes. yes. And but there's so many different things that can happen because you could have a positive and then immediately test negatively afterwards. So yeah. yeah. Okay. <sighs> Boy, what a crazy world we live in right now. Gardner Minshew out with a thumb fracture. Doug Marone announced that Luton's going to start again while Minshew continues to heal. And then Tom Brady, he had a big fracture to his confidence. He's day-to-day, but will hopefully shape up by game time on Sunday. <laughs> you like that one? I loved it. <laughs> All right, I'll kick off the running backs here. Uh, starting with uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's a, now has a shoulder injury. He's day-to-day. Uh, he... Injured a shoulder in the last drive of the game, and uh, hopefully you kept Mike Davis as a handcuff because you're going to need him again. Uh, monitor his progress throughout the week. Uh, Kenyon Drake, still with a high ankle sprain. He is questionable. Uh, Kingsbury gave us an update that he was fortunate last week, or very fortunate that that the injury wasn't as serious last week, uh, and Drake didn't end up playing this week. So monitor his status this week. We'll see. It's tough. It's a, it's a real tough call with this. Uh, David Montgomery, he suffered a concussion. He's questionable. Uh, concussion timelines are hard to predict, um, but it seems likely that he's going to miss week 10. Uh, so just kind of watch that one. Uh, Chris Carson still with a mild foot sprain. Uh, they kept saying that he was going to play this week, uh, but we know how Seattle is with their... Uh, um, injury status, you know, they're, they're always very vague about it. So just monitor his practice status. I have a feeling that this one's going to go into a game time decision again. Um, Joe Mixon, uh, he had a foot injury. Uh, he was questionable but they're on a bye week um, monitor his practice status. Cause it's tough to tell um, exactly how he's progressed over that bye week. So just uh, keep an eye on it. Uh, Mostert, 
Raheem Mostert, uh, high ankle sprain. He's still on IR. Uh, he is eligible to return this week, but um, there's a decent chance that they hold out through their buy, uh, their week 11 bye. So just monitor his practice status. Uh, Tevin Coleman, knee sprain, questionable. Pretty much same as above. Um, he missed against Green Bay because uh, of the, the knee sprain against the Seahawks. Uh, monitors practice status. Maybe he plays. Uh, David Johnson, uh, he suffered a concussion in the last game. Um, like Montgomery, concussion timelines are difficult to predict, uh, but it seems likely that he's going to miss the next week. Uh, Miles Gaskin, uh, MCL sprain. He's on IR. Uh, he's eligible to return in week 12 versus the Jets. Uh, Devonta Freeman, um, he had an ankle injury. Uh, New York is on bye this week, but he was practicing uh, even though he was held out of the game versus the football team, Washington football team. Um, it seems likely he'll return in week 12, but it's po- obviously possible that he doesn't. And finally, we have Mark Ingram, high ankle sprain. He's questionable. Uh, there's a chance he comes back this week, but monitors practice status. Um, he might play. Certainly could make it a little more messy for the other running backs. All right. And for some wide receivers, Kelvin Ridley, everyone's favorite. He's got the foot sprain. Atlanta's on a bye, so don't worry about that right now. There wasn't a fracture, but with Atlanta out of playoff contention, having their bye next week, it would be prudent for them to rest their young wide receiver. Keep an eye if he practices this and next week. Kenny Galladay, doubtful with his hip injury. Detroit is certainly missing him, as are his fantasy uh, players. Cooper Cup, potential wrist fracture. Uh, We didn't get a ton of information here with the Rams on a bye, so hopefully we'll get a little more information about his wrist here. Could be a scaphoid fracture. Could not be. It's difficult to say sometimes. Debo Samuel on the COVID list in with the hamstring. Uh, those soft tissue injuries pop up a lot. He could miss another week or two. Uh, I would not risk aggravation by returning him too soon with this team not winning in this next couple of weeks. And Alan Lazard had the groin surgery. He was on the IR. He got some practices in this past week, but he did remain on the IR versus Minnesota. So with the crucial NFC matchup for San Francisco this week, Green Bay could finally activate Lazard here. So, Keep an eye on his practice status. And uh, I guess we'll move on to tight ends. Uh, only a couple here. Zach Ertz, high ankle, high ankle sprain. He's coming off of IR. Uh, just watch. Watch what he's doing this week. Uh, is he officially activated? Not that I see yet. No. I didn't see that either. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, just get, keep an eye on him. I'm not sure if I would start him if he does play, but I don't drop him. <laughs> and I then would. Noah Font, he has an ankle injury. He's questionable for this week. He left in the first quarter, returned later with, at uh, reduced effectiveness. Uh, monitors practice status this week. It, it can be tough because that's a, a re-aggravation. What is Noah Font? Is that like Times New Roman? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and with injuries, we need ads, of course. So on the free agent waiver side, um, as for quarterbacks, uh, we'll dial in with Drew Locke. After two nice weeks, still down at 13% rostership in ESPN, just 20 in Yahoo. Another great fantasy week from him, even though most of his points did come in the second half garbage time. He has had over 40 pass attempts the past three consecutive weeks, so he can continue to provide results based on volume alone. Should be another nice play here versus the Raiders. And Tua Tungavailoa, 20% rostered in ESPN, 24% in Yahoo. He has looked pretty darn good. He's uh, got a couple of great options at wide receiver, and he's looked like an NFL quarterback. So he's not probably going to light the world on fire like Justin Herbert has so far, but I certainly think he's worth a start this week. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Moving on to running backs. Uh, We'll start with J.D. McKissick. He is 34% owned in ESPN, 24% in Yahoo. Uh, he had 14 targets and nine receptions from who I like to call the tech down king, Alex Smith. Uh, <laughs> as long as Kyle Allen is out, he is a must add. Um, Duke Johnson, uh, 16 all around, 16% owned all around. Uh, Duke Johnson had 16 carries after David Johnson exited with a co- concussion in the first quarter. He was pretty inefficient with those carries, but as long as he gets those carries, like, as long as he gets any starting uh, running back that gets those kind of carries are worth having on your team. 
So sure. go get him. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, he's only 7% owned in ESPN, 25 in Yahoo. Uh, Wilkins out-touched Jonathan Taylor now in both of the past two weeks. Uh, he uh, benefited from a disastrous fumble from Taylor that resulted in a Baltimore touchdown. Uh, but he might have some value going forward if Taylor ends up in Frank Reich's doghouse. Uh, Kellen Balazs, he is 1% owned in ESPN and Yahoo. Uh, 15 rushing attempts uh, after Justin Jackson left with a knee injury. It's tough to ignore that given how many um, injured running backs there are this year. Like any running back that gets you that many rush attempts is, like I said earlier, worth having on your team. Uh, might get a flex week out of him or a low-end running back too. Uh, Zach Moss. 52% owned in ESPN, which shocks me, and 73% in Yahoo. He outtouched Singletary yesterday, 11 to 5, and got the only goal line carry. It looks to me like he has taken over that backfield as as his top dog. Uh, he's a must add. If if you haven't listened to us or listened to Mung talk about this the past couple weeks, Zach Moss is your guy. Um Gus Edwards, uh, 11% owned in ESPN, 30% owned in Yahoo. Uh, if Mark Ingram doesn't play, then grab Gus Edwards. He, he can have some flex value. Um, Boston Scott, Gio Bernard, a couple guys to look at. We, we talked about um, Miles Sanders and, and Joe Mixon both coming off of their buys. Worth monitoring if they're actually going to play. I think they're both likely to play. But if, if either of these guys were dropped, uh, you should probably pick them up because... As we, as you've seen, uh, the previous weeks when they played, they produced handily. As for some wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, forty-two percent rostered in ESPN, thirty percent in Yahoo only. His target share, yards, and touchdowns have been uptrending over the past three weeks. He seems to have solidified himself in this offense here by doubling as a rushing threat. Samuel can be a high ceiling flex play by week filling going forward, and this is really what the team saw for him uh, when they drafted him. So. Uh, Chase Claypool did it first, but Curtis Samuel was Claypooling before Claypool was Claypooling. <laughs> You're welcome. Jalen Rager, 14% rostered in ESPN, 24 in Yahoo. In his first came back from the thumb injury versus Dallas on Sunday, Rager played 73% of the snaps, saw six targets, just one fewer than Fulgham. Uh, he's going to be quite good for this uh, this Philly team. And with them on the bye this week, he had nothing but a chance to build a more rapport with Carson Woods. This will be the last chance to add Rager for a fairly cheap fab that he could be a wide receiver too rest of the season, potentially. Jerry Judy. 55% rostered in ESPN, 60 in Yahoo. Judy was dropped in quite a few leagues after a couple disappointing outings, but with Tim Patrick missing in the game versus Chargers, Judy jumped in as number one and led the team with 10 targets. Judy had 13 this week. So he's going to be a startable wide receiver, three with a chance to maintain a bigger role yet again this week. T. Higgins, 76% rostered in ESPN, 79 in Yahoo. He was on a bye this past week, but it appears his roster percentage has dropped from last week. If someone in your league dropped him, you, I'm talking to you. Hey, wake up. You, pull over, add him to your roster right now. Christian Kirk, 53% in ESPN, 58 in Yahoo. Eight targets for Kirk in the past two games he's played. At least one touchdown in four out of his last five games. Absolutely worth rostering as a wide receiver, three or flex. And Darnell Mooney, 15% rest in ESPN, 14 in Yahoo. Follow the targets. Mooney was targeted 11 times on Sunday. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Uh, Dallas Godert, uh, he was 40% owned in ESPN, 55 in Yahoo. Uh, going on from what, what Mung was saying last week about how he was rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues, he's still rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues. And I understand that he was on a buy, but you know people should be moving to get this guy because he... Keeps it. I mean, he's going to have that Zach Ertz role as he had like a, a couple weeks ago once he comes back and this Philly defense or this Philly offense keeps getting healthier and healthier. Uh, so he's absolutely worth picking up. Um, the next we have is Logan Thomas. He is 16% owned in ESPN, 37% in Yahoo. Uh, Captain Checkdown, uh, Alex Smith. I talked about this earlier. I. If you need a tight end, he he could be a good bye week fill in. Or if you're a, a, a tight end needy team, go ahead and pick him up. You, you might get you know six six targets, 
you know, four or five receptions. It's good enough. Uh, Eric Ebron, uh, 68% owned in ESPN, 64% in Yahoo. Pretty much the same thing that I said about Logan Thomas, except he's on a better team. Um, he had another touchdown this week, so he's a little bit touchdown dependent, but, you know, he's, he's, a, he's worth taking a shot on if you're, if you're needy for a tight end, need a bye week fill. Yeah, I like him quite a bit this week, as a matter of fact. As for a couple of streaming defense, New Orleans DST, 39% in ESPN, 47% in Yahoo. San Fran sure has a ton of players hurt or with the virus right now, so I would roll them. And the Giants DST, Philly has been not so grand. Uh, the Giants actually somehow force turnovers and make points happen on defense, especially against NFC East teams. So they could keep that going. 36% in ESPN, 42 in Yahoo. So I will, take your say, I will say that this, this, I, I looked at all of these and it doesn't seem like that great of a week for streaming defenses. So no, yeah, just the EE sort. I just have to roll the dice on this one this week. It's going to be a little rough if, if you've been relying on streaming. But sometimes that really seems to pan out. I mean, that's all game between behind streaming defenses. Games where you didn't expect big plays to happen, they sometimes do. And then teams that you expect to do real well on defense, they go ahead and they give you a minus one. So, right. so good a shot as any right here. I mean, it's part of the game, isn't it? That's why they play it on the field, not on the paper. All right. Well, I think we can wrap this up. I think so. I think we've done handily. I think we've done quite well. Yeah, I think yeah. we've uh, kept this ship afloat. We've battened down the hatchings. We scrubbed the poop deck, and we are ready to accept our captain back on board. <laughs> Not Captain Checkdown. <laughs> captain Mung. <laughs> no, no, no. Captain Mung, yes. Yeah, Captain Mung. We should call him that from now on. <laughs> captain Mung. Captain Mungan. All right. So, and as always, if you have any more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're happy to reply to questions on Twitter. You can find not me at FFA Mung. That's M E N G. <laughs> and you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L O S. And you can find uh, mega producer, ultra man, Dan, the man at FFA underscore Dan, if you really want to, and then you can find the podcast really on iTunes, to, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and click that subscribe button. So you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes, including all the future ones that Mung will be on. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks addicts.